Hi, it's Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm a top-rated life coach, an international best-selling author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. The experts on this show will help you achieve work-life balance so that you can experience abundance in seven pillars of life, spirituality, health, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial life. When you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Let's go. Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman. I am helping you go from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Today, we have a very special guest. Welcome to the show, Kendall Patterson. Hi, I am so excited to be here. I am so glad you're here. Kendall Patterson is an award-winning realtor. And she had a very interesting journey to success. After three failed marriages and losing both her parents to traumatic brain injuries, she made the decision to embrace her authentic self and to never compromise her value or time again. Kendall launched the Queen Bee Network, where she helps female entrepreneurs find their hive so they can thrive. And Kendall and I met this spring of 2023. We met at a fitness retreat and it was incredible. The second I met her, I was like, wow, I love her energy. I love her vibe. I want to collaborate with her. And she ended up hiring me as a coach and launched a whole network that is already, you know, successful. I've joined it. So many people in my community have joined it. It's called the Queen Bee Network. And she'll tell you more of this, but I have an eight-week program called Create Your Six-Figure Side Hustle. And she generated 300000 in business during the eight weeks that we worked together. So she is my protege. I'm so excited to have her on the show. I'm so excited for you guys to get to know why she's so fabulous. And uh, Kendall, welcome to the show. Let's let's start with your, your story. You have been on such an amazing journey of overcoming so much. Let's Let's go into that. Okay. Well, one, I just want to say that even just being here is so hard because I, I feel like I already know you, like we've already done this so many times. Like, (laughs) I feel like this is just like the final finale, but I don't want it to stop here. So we, um, we talked about that fitness retreat too, that you were just brought up and (laughs) secret. I didn't know that it was a fitness retreat. (laughs) I just went because it was Southern California and I got to take my 20 year old daughter to go enjoy um, a women's retreat together. And so when, when they told me it was a fitness retreat, I was like, Oh, I did not, I did not pack for this. Um, So actually getting to do fitness with that mentality of, you know, bettering ourselves and and getting to meet all of the people like yourself was like such a big bonus because I thought that that's all it was. But the fitness aspect of it really, really brought it whole for me. And it's funny because when you talk about the balanced or uh, and beautiful and abundant, all of those things are so beautiful when the when they're mixed together. And I think that having you there that day was just um, I don't know if it would say prophetic, but very profound for me. And um, working over these last couple of months has just been, I don't know, just easy. And so when coming from the past that I've had and the colorful, I like to call it childhood, uh, we, we started with such humble beginnings. And just even over this last year has been so powerful amount of change. And I would say now um, I forget how time flies. I feel like it's almost been two years that I've been transforming back into what sounds like 
some people would say like, you're in a new person in a new stage, but I've been in these shoes before because I've gone on this path of self-discovery for years, years and years. And getting back to that girl is where I kind of lost myself within a relationship. And I think some people can really, really connect with that because we don't always focus on ourselves as women and as moms and having the childhood that I had, I've always focused so much on my children and where I've come. So to give you guys some backstory, because what she talked about was that my, both of my parents are traumatic brain injury victims. I came from very humble beginnings and I actually really um, appreciate those things now. And where a lot of people would find that as hardship, I find it as my story has built who I am and has made all of the successes easier and more um, heartfelt, I guess. And really just gratitude just oozes from me because the littlest things are so powerful. So my parents, um, my mom, when I was in sixth grade was assaulted and was in a coma for seven months. And she had three major head contusions, which resulted in a frontal brain lobe injury. And that was very profound timing for me because I was in middle school. Um, it was just a really rough beginning, even though I hadn't really spent much time with my mom. My mom was gone and out of my picture by the time I was five. And during those years, there was uh, physical and verbal and probably emotional abuse. And then going into, you know, sixth grade with just my father um, and other little things along the way. So my sister was taken out of our home for um, abuse or of a step from a stepmom. We had an extreme amount of moving. I probably moved by the time I was nine, I'd moved at least nine times. Um, and then going into, you know, middle school, I got shuffled into a whole new world, a new community, completely small town and uh, kind of culture shock for me. I went from a very multicultural uh, school to a zero culture, <laughs> zero multiculture um, school. And then that same summer that I came home from my mom having her accident and kind of getting to work on things and relearning how to walk, talk, eat, pretty much everything at my grandmother's. My father had an incident involving the police and a pew-pew. And so we actually had to move towns really, really quickly. And um, what do you mean he then, shot police? He shot a guy's car like 11 times <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> It sounds really crazy, but I guess he was a drug dealer. Something happened. My the cops didn't apprehend my father because they some he somehow did them a service by doing what he had done. Uh, or at least that's the story. Who knows? I was young, <laughs> um, and my father's no longer around to tell me any difference. So I don't know. Uh, and then fast forward into later years, I uh, get. Uh, into a relationship at 16 and he was 21. So that kind of tells you a little bit of the trauma that and, and lacking of support system and uh, bought a house at 17. So there's not all bad, right? There's a lot of really good things that happened as a result of the lack of support because it made me extremely independent and extremely self-sufficient. Uh, and then once I finally was able to get out of that relationship, it was like maybe a year or two. Um, and actually getting out of that relationship is another whole story it involved the tasing and police, <laughs> you name it. And then getting into uh, a new relationship um, one year after. I found out that he was still married, living a completely different double life, um, brand new children, met his whole family. And then... Someone who had another wife? Yeah. Yeah. Ceremony and everything. We did not get married. We just were in a new relationship. Okay. He eventually ended up being a husband, which is another attestment to my trauma. <laughs> but uh, in that same breath of our anniversary weekend that we had split up and I was grieving because it was like the love of my life found out that he was living a completely double life and I had to relearn everything. My father got into his uh, motorcycle accident on that weekend. And um, 
propelled me into a trauma cycle for like almost seven years where I bounced back and forth between I was okay or I was clinging to support from somebody that was not a support system. And so going through that whole relationship, you know, very cyclically, very patterned, um, he was still very much of what we kind of now label as maybe borderline, maybe it's very narcissistic, maybe it's um, sociopathic, psychopathic. And I don't mean that in a negative way, like murdery way. I mean that in a way where he has patterns and behaviors that are very attuned to those. So when I say that, I don't mean that he's just crazy and he's a bad guy. It's just these types of patterns and behaviors. Um, and actually, strangely enough, we're totally okay. We're on speaking terms now. Everything is good. But going through both of my parents now, traumatic brain injuries, um, just like really hit a wall at that age, very young, early 20s, and really had no idea where to turn. I turned to entrepreneurship. And uh, I, that's one thing I really owe that partner to is that uh, he helped me start my first business and was very encouraging. Gosh, that was such a big turn for going from employee to actually having my own schedule and being able to raise my children. And that's where the little beast inside of me kind of was born. And I say this now, but I look back and I see, we've had these conversations within coaching. I was the kid that always had a lemonade stand. I was the kid that always sold any magazine or cookie or anything that we could through the school's fundraisers. And that was like where I think my true entrepreneurship might have been seated. And then it just really blossomed in my early 20s and going through hair school and regular college thinking that that was all I was ever going to do um, was hair. I uh, I got the blessing to be offered the position to not only educate, but to teach across the country with um, our company our company, as well as uh, an Italian hair color line and um, moving into one of the opportunities while I was learning to teach, I got an opportunity to take uh, Imagine Dragons Demons music video, which we won International Rock Video of the Year. Hairstylist for that music video. I'm the hair and makeup. Makeup. How did you, how did you manifest that one? Oh, that one was a total coup. I, I have to say it was because I was dating (laughs) at the time and I met somebody who happened to know somebody and, um, he happened to know that I did hair. And I remember getting the message. I was in Pittsburgh and I was in the middle of like January or February. It was really cold and icky there. And they're like, Hey, do you want to do this music video? And I was like, uh, where and when he said well in vegas and such and such date and i was like yeah who is it and he said oh it's imagine dragons and I, at the time i was like i have no idea but i'm going to vegas and i'm going to do hair and makeup for a music video done and yeah. then i looked up my shazam and i was like oh my gosh i have actually shazam them like five times wow And so uh, I knew exactly who they were once I went, and that was a magical experience, getting to be behind the scenes. I did all of their hair. I did the makeup for all the actors and actresses within there, and I made lifelong friends. So manifesting at that time looked like my morning, my miracle mornings, which I had done for a while now. And that has really set me up because you do manifestation, you do do um, visualization of your goals and dreams. And I think that what's best about manifestation and what's best about my world is all of the things that I could always ever dream of or hope for in my life. It's always better what happens. Oh, yeah. All of my dreams are never as good as what reality is. I got some questions to get to. Uh, So how, how did you end up uh, launching the Queen Bee Network? Okay. So I've done this almost twice or three times. I've read, I don't know if you've read uh, Malcolm's book, The Tipping Point. But I've always known that I am a connector. Anybody, friendships or uh, relationships or business partners, I'm the connector. I'm almost always that person's like, hey, I feel like you've got this skill and I feel like this person really needs you and I'm the connector. And so 
I have whole friend groups that are friends now, best friends as a result of it. And I'm somehow that connector or couples that have had children and gotten married. I'm that person. And so fostering that type of a relationship comes really naturally for me because I really love all of what that has in store for them because I love making other people feel good and and helping them. And where it kind of accidentally started was I had, you know, wanted a mastermind of other really powerful women on social media. And I put this network um, on our, like our workplace chat. I put this like, Hey, maybe some people would like to join. And I got like 250 or 100, 225 comments and over 110 or something applicants. It was insane. And I thought I was going to have 10 to 15 women. (laughs) And where this dream kind of started to spawn was My whole being, I've done women's coaching. I've done all of these things throughout the years. I've been through podcasting and um, authored my own book and self-published. And all of these things are like stepping stones to getting me to the space of helping myself and getting me through all of these things that I realized that like, if, if I can help other women do these same types of things, Maybe they could be like me where I got out of the, I had like a shack, like a 12 by 16 shack that we built with my father at one point. And all of this trauma, all of this um, hardship along the way that has created the necessity to be in a relationship in order to survive in so many ways, just to be able to afford a house, just to be able to afford uh, life. That you bring up because so many women who are not financially empowered they are choosing men that are unhealthy simply because they want food and shelter. And that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about helping women is I want them to choose men or women, whichever way they go is fine by me, that that are loving and kind and that treat them well, not choose because they're trying just to, you know, survive. So you lived in a shack that your dad built. Mm-hmm. Where was that? And I helped build it. <laughs> it was on our family's property, and I have pictures of it. It's part of my story and my why because it had we had two trailers on either side. One of them was my bedroom. One of them was the kitchen and bathroom. And it was at the time painful because we didn't have a washer and dryer. My dad was a smoker, um, and so it was just like plywood floors and a. Um, I think we had drywall and mud, but no texture or paint. And, um, I just came from like hose water through a trailer and that was most of my, uh, middle school and high school years. And that really was challenging because it was so different at that time. And now I look back, I'm really grateful that we had a roof over our head, but at the time it was shameful feeling and, it was stuck feeling and it wasn't clean. And so that's where I started to really realize that women and, and men alike get really stuck in these, um, these positions because they don't have a, a, you know, a good partner or they have, um, not enough income. And I think that that's what drove me really to realize that I don't ever want to raise my children that way. And then rest in peace, dad, I don't actually regret it. I don't feel shame over it any longer. And now I know how powerful it was for me to have experienced that because I do know that you can live in in less than than average and be happy. And you can clean something and clean small, clean less than average can be powerfully happy. It doesn't have to be a negative. Right. You. I mean, it's funny because people in America or Europe have more depression and anxiety than people in countries that, you know, are living in poverty conditions, but they have community and they have health and they have a simple life, which in some ways creates more happiness. So uh, you put this notice out, all these uh, 250 women responded. Crazy response. And then during the operation of it, because I do different things within the network than a lot of networks have, 
We have secret sisters where you get to send them little gifts, little notes, and it sounds really cheesy, but it's so powerful to have somebody send you something that you don't really even know and have it be as empowering from a, another woman. And then also our our whole firm and then just how I operate as either a stylist or as a, a networker, a realtor, there's never a competition. So you can be in the same position, same city, everything as one of the queens, and you're never going to feel like that's competition because we work together. We try to give each other tips and things that work together. And so the Queen Bee Network was really built on like a sisterhood, really, and wasn't really intended on being a business. It was intended on having connection and having that in-person connection, which we found was so powerful because a lot of the queens would meet even though they didn't have to, it wasn't a requirement, they would hop states and visit each other and found so much friendship and connection within that that group that it just like started to explode with happiness. And we were able to refer people, business, and um, that whole group um, really, really, you know, set my tone for what I want in friendship and what, what I feel comfortable with women because being abused by my mom and being left and abandoned. I had it for many years. I had a lot of trust issues with women. And this group really brought out the understanding of how powerful that female connection was for me and how necessary it was and how much I loved it. So creating that again and opening it up was really powerful so that not just that small group could enjoy this effect, but so that well technically uh, worldwide, we could be worldwide, but uh, being even just within the, our own country, having the capacity to connect on that level um, kind of started to heal that mom wound for me. And then I think for a lot of the other women, they realized how powerful uh, that connection was. Well, I think a lot of women, especially Generation X, uh, we were taught to compete against each other for a limited amount of resources from men mm-hmm. and in the millennial generation, everything started to shift. And now it's like collaboration over competition. Thank God, because women were competing against each other and oppressing each other in the name of the patriarchy. And they didn't even know it. And, you know, sometimes when women are not loving and supportive, I'm like, girl, you don't even know you're working for the patriarchy. Like you're oppressing a sister and you think it's because you're competitive, but it's because there's, you think there's a limited amount of good to go around a limited amount of love or money or anything. And it's so totally guilty too, right? Like I totally spent a lot of my younger years in that direction because it served protecting myself so, so much and learning to not protect myself from people um, in that same light has been really powerful. And actually, so when we started talking about like how we got here, 2021 was so powerful because I had just decided no more. Am I, I, I made myself smaller to be in a relationship. I made myself quieter. I changed my clothes, my hair, um, how I treated my children, everything. So that I didn't, cause waves and bless his heart. He's not abusive. He's not a bad guy. And a lot of this is like my own doing, right? We make ourselves smaller. It's not other people that make us smaller. So I, I decided in 2020, no, I'm not doing that ever again. And it actually (laughs) propelled us into divorce along with a whole bunch of trauma. My father's death, his father's death, his mom got leukemia. Uh, I didn't sleep for a year and a quarter because I had just had a baby. We had COVID still. Uh, it was just like chaos. Yeah. And that's where I really kind of was forced in my own heart to reach out to women. And it was right around the same time. I don't know if you've read the book yet, but uh, The Patriarchy Stress Disorder um, by Dr. Valerie is absolutely phenomenal. And she leads women retreats, um, that are powerful, very, very powerful. Wow. So how do you deal with mom guilt? I know you have a toddler at home and how old are your other two kids? 
So I have 20, 16, and three and a half. Yes. And I think I need to start changing him. He is, I think he's now a preschooler. Is he, is he pre-K? Seem like a toddler. So when we're doing our coaching sessions, he's like climbing all over the couch, all over you, and you're still, you know, getting the coaching and the in the business right. you need. Are you looking at him right now? Yeah, my so my son is uh, so helpful in watching him, but it looks like we have a visitor. Um, are you okay? Getting very sad. Oh, why are you so sad, handsome? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Attraction, like, uh, yes. So how, as he's asking mommy, mommy, I'm sad. I need you. And you're doing a podcast. It's the perfect timing for how do you deal with mom guilt? <laughs> um, I deal with it that I'm doing this for us. You know, uh, whether it's work, whether it's the network, whether it's time away, I spend so much time with him because I, he is my third and I have spent, you know, 15 years without a little one. So I recognize and understand the importance of this age to where I don't work incessantly, where when I was younger, I didn't have a choice. And or I felt like I didn't have a choice because of either relationship or expectations to be that strong, powerful mom, but um, also be a businesswoman. And that was like the the flow for a really long time was just and and actually for a really long time I was really against the word balance because if you look at biblically or if you look in any um, very successful person they'll say that balance doesn't actually truly exist because in, if you're going to be great at anything. You have to put your all into it. And I was like, okay, so then if I'm going to be my best at being a mom because I can't be like my family, and if I'm going to be the best as career, then I have to be amazing at every moment. And I am grateful that my human design and my chart and my demeanor is that I can handle that type of load and that type of quote unquote pressure where many people would actually suffer and have a lot of burnout. And don't get me wrong. I have had moments of burnout, um, but I don't really actually feel guilty any longer. And I don't believe that I have to work more to make more. And I believe that if I lean into the things that I love it doesn't matter and the money still comes in. So it doesn't matter whether I'm taking an hour to do a podcast because this could lead to me never having to leave the house again. That's right. That's right. You never know who's listening to the Balance Beautiful and Abundant show. So mom guilt is a choice is what I'm hearing you say. You don't have to frame it like it's either my career or my my young son I am doing, it's a both and I get to be a multi-passionate entrepreneur and be a great mom. Right. So speaking of multi-passionate entrepreneur, what does that mean to you being a multi-passionate entrepreneur? Well, I love the word because I think you're one of the few that also actually gets that because there's actually a lot of people that will poo-poo that word yeah. and that will, that will say that you can't be multi-passionate in a business because you're going to give not equal love or equal time to each. And for me, because like, like I said, my human design, and I do do this within the career world as well as, you know, read people's charts and their human design. And we can get into that later, but the uh, coaching side, the business side, because I know how to do all of the things that I've done. And there's always going to be somebody that needs that little bit of coaching. And then uh, real estate becomes so natural because I'm already a people person. And so it was so easy to naturally like meld all those things. Bye, sweetheart. I love you. Have fun with brother. Okay. I'll see you in a couple minutes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He's eating a popsicle as we speak. I think it's like number 10 of the day. <laughs> They're like a fruit pop <laughs> anyways. So having multiple activities for me to do keeps my brain and my my 
I guess it would be enthusiasm or like my excitement because I'm a creator. I'm a natural creator. So anytime I get to build something new, that's where I'm in my element. Maintenance of things doesn't always um, resonate with my design. And you can look at my human design and even my human design reader, she was like, you have like eight arms and where most people might do, you know, 5% everywhere. Like you're actually capable of doing all of these things and actually multitasking really well. And I would always encourage people like yourself to do multiple different things. If you have the capacity to do it, not everybody has the capacity to do it. Right. I happen to, And if I leverage that and utilize, utilize that well, then I do other things better. Yeah. It's like, why limit yourself to one thing? Also financially, if you have multiple increases, if you're having a bad month in one of your businesses, like when we first met, your real estate was non-existent. So we were focusing on your coaching and your human design and your network. Then your real estate, you know, had a huge windfall and you sold your home for a big profit. And so that business went well. So you can focus more on your son. And, you know, it just, if you have more incomes coming in, not only is it more exciting, it's actually more stable financially. Unless you, if you still think having a job and working nine to five for corporate America for 40 years and getting a, a gold watch at age 65 is stable, it's not because we can see in our current economic climate that millions of people are getting laid off every single day, even people from Amazon, which is, you know, one of the most successful companies right now. So having a great job is not as stable as people thought it was. So I encourage everyone listening, get your side hustles going, get those multiple income streams going. Have you read, you've, you've got to have read Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? I've read, yeah. yeah. I've read all of them. And then I bought my kids the teen one. And then I bought Kim Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Woman, which was another very powerful message for me because as a woman, all of the books, especially in real estate, almost all the teaching and coaching comes from a male perspective. Yeah. When we're talking about that mom guilt, it's funny because I read this book and I won't say the author or the name because it really irritated me. But I remember the verbiage was, you're going to have to just tell your kids and your family that you need to go to work and you just need to go do this and they're going to have to deal with it. And I remember thinking I was so irritated that we need more women coaches, more women mentors, more women in real estate teaching how to do real estate well, because you can't always just leave your kids at home. You can't always just step away from your family. And I think that that is really where my power comes in is that if I can do it, I came from nothing. I lived in a shack. I came from trauma on trauma on trauma. I've been divorced and set back three times. I've owned three homes in my lifetime. Under This is all under 40 years old and have built multiple businesses, multiple salons, multiple successful um, things. Even if it's not your level of success, it's my level of success. So if I can do it and I can live, actually, I live in one of the wealthiest areas in the world and it's expensive and it's, um, but it's beautiful. It's full of resources. If I can do it and I can maintain my own home as a single mom with a non-existent, if you will, for six months in real estate, because it was such a tough market. What market are you in? I'm in like Kirkland, Washington, um, which Washington, we're really close to all of the Microsoft campus and all of that. And so our average home prices are like 1.2 to 1.6 on average. Amazing. Amazing that you were got found a way to get into that market and make a profit in real estate. So I know that uh, when we met, you had already hired a business coach. Um, what what made you decide to want to work with me and have two coaches? And what was it in my coaching program that helped you catapult to making 300,000 in eight weeks? Well, to for starters, I think there's always an energy thing that is a connector for me. And I know that the universe or God or however you want to say it um, brought the right people at the right time. And I'm a firm believer of going with my intuition, my, my gut 
and my uh, human design is sacral. So that's where I get that. Um, and I, I don't want to swear, but the F yes or the F no. Yes. It's, it's either way and there's no in between for me. And so when I got that initial, cause you had offered and we had started talking already at that meeting um, that you were presenting at. And um, I just was really, I just knew instantly you already had all of the things that I either love to do or want to do more of. And I don't believe in doing coaching with somebody or taking advice from somebody that I wouldn't trade lives with. Yes. Find somebody who has what you want. And if you do what they did, you will get what they got. So I wouldn't hire a personal trainer who is out of shape. I wouldn't hire a relationship coach that, you know, was divorced and hasn't gone on a date in two years. And I wouldn't hire a financial coach that, you know, was barely able to pay their bills. So I'm so happy. So what was the shift that you think happened during those eight weeks that catapulted you Because when we first met, helping me create, right? Because I already have, you already have everything within you to do all of the things that you want, but it's sometimes that reminder from somebody else. And then also helping me put the pieces together because I am really good at creating and doing all of the things or doing the homework, but actually having somebody to kind of tell me what to do. Because again, I don't have parents. I don't have very many women that are in the similar shoes that would actually give you the the blueprint, right? Because we can share in our masterminds, but if you don't actually have those pieces in your life already, it's really hard to see myself following your instruction mm-hmm. because I am really real about that. It's like, I, I just don't take advice from people that I wouldn't trade um, lives with. And so if I could live in Southern California and have multiple rentals and, you know, a successful podcast and all of those things, I would, I would definitely take advice from you. Right. So, um, what really catapulted me, I think is just the universe. When you put these pieces together, when you listen to your intuition, you listen to the gifts that the universe is giving you. Um, I have always stretched myself with coaching and it has always served me well. Um, I've already paid, you know, probably a hundred thousand dollars in coaching between in my lifetime. And I just firmly believe that having a good coach is literally paramount because I'm an athlete to begin with. And when, as my younger days, you don't go to the Olympics without a coach. Right. What sport did you play growing up? All of them. I was. Um, basketball for a lot of years, baseball, and then volleyball. And then um, in later years, I was in MMA and uh, bodybuilding. Whoa, I didn't know you were into bodybuilding. You didn't? Oh, my daughter's doing it now. (laughs) Wow, cool. So let's talk a little and thank you. Thank you for investing in yourself and, and following the coaching and being my rock star student. Let's talk about uh, some of your multiple income streams. You have real estate, mm-hmm. you have coaching and the mm-hmm. work, and then you have human design and astrology. So, so we've kind of molded those two together yeah. um, through the coaching and through some uh, self-discovery because I've done those kind of separately. I just felt like very called to bring those packages together because I think they just work better together. So one of the accolades that, you know, just my consulting or coaching has brought, um, this is a little plug. So I, it was for a local band who I'd loved. I just wanted to provide value for because I saw their social media wasn't there the drummer after social media advice and, and implementation got picked up. Well, they went viral and got picked up by the Beach Boys. <laughs> so I kind of helped, but also took the drummer who is like amazing. And so is the rest of the band. Don't get me wrong. But them together is like magic. And so taking him out of that, I kind of felt a little bit guilty. But um, those types of things, I realize my advice, my coaching, my consulting it obviously works. And human design for me opened up an entire world where I took all of those shoulda, coulda, wouldas and put them away because 
Now I know how to follow my intuition and my actual design. And when I follow into that, I no longer feel frustration and hardship. And that's part of human design. And astrology is kind of very similar because it's all off of your birth chart. But having said that, the multiple streams are um, real estate's probably first and foremost because real estate is the one thing that got me up over that 100K mark, which a lot of people struggle to get that that milestone over. And real estate was the driver for that. And then um, I love the human design. I started creating human design business coaching, essentially. And that way you can work within your purpose and in your authority um, and do your business the way you really want to do it and the way that um, it'll be best perceived. And then um, what else do I do? Oh, we started multiple podcasts. And working towards getting it back into my schedule for um, authoring my my book again. Another one. Now, in case anybody who's listening does not know what human design is, can you explain what human design is? So essentially, human design is talking about all the different chakras and your intuition and how to listen to your intuition and what channels are basically available within your already created design. And an example would be um, like what I was talking about, my gut intuition. If I go with that initial gut feeling, I'm less likely to be frustrated by making a decision to like, sometimes like in our younger days, we were taught, well, weigh the pros and cons. If I think with my head intuition instead of my gut intuition, I'm just much more likely to lead myself down a path that I actually didn't want to go down, that wasn't actually meant for me. But when I start taking that intuition and I follow that, like going into coaching, I'm here on another podcast, I have all of my business start to thrive because I'm listening to my actual human design and human design was actually pretty new in the world of like astrology has been around for eons and human design really blew my mind when I started to learn about it because it explained some of the things that astrology just kind of doesn't. It's just a little bit different, but it's based mostly off of where and how your intuition is perceived and how you can operate within that intuition in order to see your, I guess, most fruitful of your, your labor or your, um, your life, your destiny. Yeah. So now I'm remembering what we did. You had your human design uh, readings and your business separately, and now we combine them. So you're doing business business and human design coaching together, which is so amazing because being in business is very intuitive. And, you know, they say when you're in your head, you're dead. Analysis paralysis. There's so many entrepreneurs that I work with that are studying everything. You know, they're just studying what to do and how to make money, but they don't have the courage to follow their intuition and take action. And mm-hmm. I think that taking massive action, failure, it's all part of success. So how has taking action from your feminine energy versus your masculine energy helped you make more money? And that's our last question. Okay. So this is a tough question because actually within my human design, as well as my astrological astrological chart, I actually have like by two extra parts, like I'm six to four masculine. I'm masculine heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And some women and some entrepreneurs not like that. I just happen to have an exponential amount of fire or masculine energy. And so me being in my feminine energy is really work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. And I've, I've gotten to the space where I'm very comfortable with the idea that, um, it has to be both. Yeah. And one of the ways that I can do that is by taking self-care. So doing my hair, putting on a little bit of makeup, which I don't wear a ton, and then um, finding and being happy in the clothing that I'm in and presenting myself in the more feminine aspects of my world. And then actions tend to lead um, how I present in the world because I feel and look feminine, then I'm more likely to act more feminine and make decisions more on my feminine. And so dating (laughs) also 
as per our conversation and our coaching was the conversation is that I want them, not only am I leading in my intuition and I pick based on, because I'm swiping, right? I'm one way or the other. I'm picking based on my intuition because if I don't like it, then I'm not going to be happy with it no matter what. And I choose that right away. And then I meet quickly because I want to get a gauge if the in-person is an F yes or H no. And then going towards that feminine energy is not by the way, pursuing him. Yes. You can cuss on the podcast, Kendall, just so you okay. know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, letting him to pursue me and not forcing anything, allowing business and everything to be in that feminine energy is really work for me. So. Well, I feel like in business, it's okay to be a guy. It's okay. sure to take action and go for things. And I just feel like don't, don't be so in your masculine energy that you end up exhausting yourself and burning out, like have the balance of going for it and taking massive action toward your goals and business. And then it's okay to retreat. Actually, it's more than okay. It's necessary for women to retreat into self-care, take breaks, do, you know, the baths, the meditation, the prayer, the massage, whatever you can afford to do to just nurture yourself. But I feel like in romantic relationships, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, you can choose if you want to be in the feminine or the masculine. If you chose feminine, which is what you did in that coaching that we had about it, yes, then let the man do all the action taking and you just are receptive, open and available to the right man. But you can choose if you're listening to the podcast to be the masculine or the feminine in business or relationships. Masculine just means you're going for it. You're into action. Feminine means you're more passive and receptive. So it's totally up to you. For me, I choose to be more of my masculine energy in business and then feminine when it comes to my relationship. If I would have been so feminine in business, I don't think I would have created what I've created uh, as far as financial success. So it is really good. You're really good at separating those. I'm still learning how to separate those because I've always had to be in my masculine for so long that learning to take that step back and really walk in that energy is really different. It's good. It feels good. And like going out now, I, um, I don't approach men. I usually was the more aggressive person and I would, I would make the first advance. And I know that I come off as intimidating. So I just had to learn how to not be intimidating looking and they do, they, they continue to um, advance, like ask out on dates and all of the other things. And in business, I need to learn how to then still turn that around, right? Like I have to, I have to still be in that feminine energy, but not, um, not sit there during business because I still have to be in my normal, my usual. And I am still learning how to turn that off and on. (laughs) Well, one of my favorite dating coaches, Dr. Pat Allen, she says, uh, at work, everyone's a guy, everybody's like going for it and taking action. And then when you leave work, she says, leave your plastic balls at the office. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to actually do something like that. And actually, so my toddler thinks that's hilarious because he knows all of the terms and he was like, that is funny. And I, I think that's a really great analogy, but also like a physical thing you could do for yourself is like have almost like little balls if you will yeah exactly he's over there just repeating what I'm saying which is great I'm glad he's you can leave them certain places or choose to have them as a reminder I guess is probably the symbolism I love that your toddler is just cackling in the background because we talked about balls. Oh, that's why you weren't cussing because your toddler is listening. I thought because you thought this was a PG podcast. Oh. I'm like, 
No, I've listened. I think it's just something about sometimes I've learned not to do that because not everybody appreciates it, but I am, I kind of swear like a sailor most of the time. And, and my son has picked up a very special word that I'm like, oh, maybe we need to not say that word so much, S-H-I-T. And that comes out in all the different forms and he is really good at using it. So we're going to have to, we're, we're cautious. Yes, they they absorb everything. So Kendall, it's been great having you on the show. It's been great having you as a student. I know uh, Kendall continues to come to my weekly women's circles. It's uh, every Tuesday at noon. I host a weekly women's circle for coaching, accountability, spirituality, support. And uh, it's so great to see you every week at the weekly women's circle. I absolutely love attending and I'm so grateful that you have offered that extension and I look forward to having more within the network as well with all of the group members because several have joined and I just am looking forward to that just like exponentially growing within both of our worlds because when one of us is more successful, we are all more successful when we share with each other. Absolutely. How can people stay in touch with you? Where can we find you online? Oh man, where can't you find me online? You can Google me, (laughs) Kendall Patterson, and my Instagram handle is Kendall Patterson RE. And same with TikTok. And same with, I think, pretty much everything Facebook, Kendall Patterson, real estate, Compass, however you want to find me, it's all out there. Amazing podcasts will be coming soon. I can't wait to share those. And um, gosh, there's just so many ways to connect. And I'm I'm super open to connection, super open to meeting up on social media, doing lives. Um, so if you can't find me, you're not looking hard enough. That's right. She is out there. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. If you found this show valuable, share it with a friend. Give us a five-star review, subscribe so you don't miss any amazing episodes. Yes, thank you for taking a picture. If you're listening to this, screenshot it, tag me and Kendall in your story. We will reshare. Yeah. We are a, a grassroots movement. We are helping women go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. You do not have to be exhausted, overwhelmed, depleted, stressed out. There is another way to achieve success in life. So keep listening to the show. I promise you, you're going to get some amazing inspiration. And until then, I am your host, Rebecca Whitman, taking you from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. There will be another incredible expert next week. Have a wonderful week. And remember, keep your vibe high and magnetize. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman, taking you from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I am hosting a weekly women's circle on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, where you get to experience my coaching for free. It is open and it is amazing for accountability, support, and community. All you have to do is go to the link in bio to reserve your spot, and I can't wait to meet you on a live Zoom call. I also am having an amazing summer promotion called the Five Day Drop. Lose five pounds in five days, guaranteed. It's a great way to detox your body. It's a metabolism reset, and it will help you feel balanced, beautiful, and abundant all summer long. So make sure you go to the link in my bio to learn about the five-day drop. I am so appreciative of you listening to my show. The best compliment you could ever pay me is to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend because I know you know other people who want to go from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye.